Since the Sandbox fans, we are back and we're almost wrapping up the positional ranking series. We got Twan back in the studio. Today, we're talking tight ends. Before we get into the episode, guys, we just wrapped up our conversation with Kyle Arrington. There's so much more to come with that, so make sure you guys are staying tuned to the YouTube and the socials for everything coming out. I was just sharing it with Tuan real quick. We, we got some gold oh, here. Oh, there's some good stuff. <laughs> Stay tuned on social. Get ready to watch the episode. Really, really good stuff about to come out. I'm like so excited to see That's it. That's right. Tuan, you ready to dissect the tight end position? I mean, Dude. Travis Kelsey and everything behind you. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, we all know who number one is, so like, it is what it is but I mean there's the tight end position was really interesting this year there was a lot of injuries that happened and then you know times where people would go ghost and then sometimes people would stand out but there was a lot it was a weird position like you can think about it for fantasy football and you're like who like do I stream is it gonna be zero points or am I getting five absolutely so like I feel like the whole five to ten here you really could have like interchanged with whatever the personal preference really was you know what I mean so I'm gonna start here at ten and here I'm gonna say Tyler Higby. This was really close because my 9 and my 10, I was flipping back and forth so consistently, but you know, f- for a down year from the the Super Bowl hangover Rams, I mean, this this was a one bright spot that they had. I mean, obviously, you know, Cooper Cup would have been if he stayed healthy. The running back room was a catastrophe. Definitely no running backs mm-hmm. in the positional rankings from the Rams. <laughs> and, you know, Baker Mayfield was at quarterback for a little bit. So shit was, shit was real funky. But Tyler Higby, 57 receptions, 577 yards, 89 targets for him, I feel like is a lot because his role really wasn't, you know, that big for that offense. Five touchdowns, 27 first downs, and 204 yards after the catch. So not too bad there for Tyler Higby. But, you know, we we saw flashes, right? We saw games where Tyler Higby was really good. And we saw games where it was just like, yo, this dude's a ghost. You know what I mean? And, like, how much of that is always going to be blamed on Higby, though? Because, like, you had three different quarterbacks thrown throughout the season. I know. Just a bad team. No, it was. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. At nine, we're going over to the Dallas Cowboys. I was a little reluctant, you know, with with Dalton Schultz and his positioning because, you know, he did miss a lot of time for injury. But with that time being missed, he still had 72 receptions. This was a little bit low. If he played the full season, he probably would have sniffed a 1,000. He had 620 yards. 108 targets is, is a lot. Fourth most on the list for the tight end position. Three touchdowns. 32 first downs, and this one's impressive, 404 yards after the catch for Dalton Schultz. So I know for the Cowboys, he was used a lot more in the red zone, and he was a difference maker and was arguably, you know, if you want to consider, you know, Tony Pollard, number two receiver, I definitely don't think, you know, Gallup was sufficient enough to, you know, get that title. But, you know, C.D. Lamb had a good year. If Dalton Schultz played all 16, 17 games, he definitely would have got that recognition. So Mm -hmm. Dalton Schultz here at nine. At eight, this one's really debatable because, like I said, this is one of those guys that was really inconsistent. But David Njoku here, who was in a really weird, awkward scenario, right? The the Browns signed Austin Hooper when they drafted Njoku. And it was just like, okay, like we've seen this two tight end offense work before, but it didn't excel there. Especially they had Jarvis, they had Odell. There were a lot of mouths to feed, and that's mm-hmm. not a passing team whatsoever. So we saw a little bit of an emergence here from Njoku. 58 receptions, 628 yards, 80 targets, 4 touchdowns, 36 first downs, and 338 yards after the catch. His his impact is definitely, you know, more focused in the red zone. And, you know, on a fantasy perspective, this was a guy that was definitely, you know, on that cusp of, of that starting option. And, I mean, anyone outside of, of 6 here was really, you know, a, a fringe starter. You know, you're basing that off of matchups. But 
there really wasn't too much depth at the tight end position mm-hmm. this year. 100%. You know, even guys like Mark Andrews, after you know some time in the year, you know, really struggled to either be available or, or produce when he was available. And you know, there were a lot of different factors with the Ravens because Lamar was hurt and. Snoop Higby. I just saw his social name the other day. It's the real Snoop. I'm like, God, you can't no say way. that. Yeah, I swear. Are you serious? Yeah. Snoop Huntley, you got to change that, man. D-O-double-G is going to have a problem. Legit. Oh, man. I bet I bet you the OG Snoop would make a quick freestyle out of that. Some light work, right? At seven here, you know, this guy really had, you know, a great season. And it was very, I don't want to say underwhelming, but it wasn't heard of or mentioned as much because this team didn't have, you know, as much success. But Pat Fryermuth here, you know, I think I, I think that. he's a name that definitely deserved to be on the list. Interested to hear, you know, if he's on yours, Tuan. But 63 receptions, this was the most impressive. 732 yards this year. So that was a lot. 98 targets, two touchdowns, 37 first downs, and 290 yak yards. So this was... Probably the most impressive receiving threat on Pittsburgh this year. And I have a lot of respect for Deontay Johnson. If he was in a different offense, utilized differently, or just thrown to from a different quarterback, you know, I feel like this is a guy that could be plus 1,100 yards every single year. I would love him on the Giants, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But, uh-huh. you know, Fryamuth, he, he's, he's a very good option. And I'm interested to see, you know, how his career, you know, continues to develop. Fryamuth definitely got the talent and pick it. Has to throw to somebody there, right? And if not, Najee had a lot of receptions. I'm not expecting him to to be on, you know, the running back list. But Fryamuth is is a name that that I'm expecting to, you know, talk on this list for for years to come. At six, capping out the bottom half of my top ten positional rankings for the tight end position. This is where I have Dallas Goddard, and I, I really wanted to have him higher. His impact was tremendous, but you know, the, the top five, I just I just think. Got a little bit more, and you know, with only 12 games played, this is where he really got hampered. And on top of that, I mean, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, two of the best receivers. I think both of them will make my positional rankings list for the wide receiver position. Tune in, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Twan, Twan's getting used to the, the, the oh, plugs yeah. there. <laughs> Slide it right in. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Pause. Yeah. <laughs> legit, legit. Might have to scrap that out. <laughs> but but Dallas Goddard here, fifty five receptions, seven hundred and two yards, sixty nine targets, three touchdowns, forty first downs, which is a lot, four hundred and twenty yak yards. But you know Dallas Goddard, you know when he did get back into the lineup was absolutely tremendous. And you know Jalen Hurts liked throwing to the to the tight end position. We saw that you know throughout the year consistently and. You know, talent-wise, Dallas Goddard's definitely top five on this list, but you have to consider injuries and availability, you know, for all of this. So, might be a little bit of a snub, but but Dallas Goddard right outside the top five here at six. I can say right now, if Dallas Goddard wasn't hurt, he's number three in talent for me for wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, sorry, tight for, uh, for tight ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While we're on the Snoop D-O-double-G train, <laughs> I, I just had something thinking. So, we saw Rihanna at halftime show, but was Snoop, Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent being upside down. Was that the best halftime show you've ever seen? Hey, listen, that that was definitely, you know, a group that I was excited to see. And I knew Rihanna was going to put on a show. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like, Rihanna always does her thing. And, and you know, she, she was getting a lot of, like, criticism and feedback. But I feel like if I was invited to be on that platform... I don't know if I'd always want to share that opportunity with, like, so many other artists. Yeah. Look, like, in a fan perspective, I I love the fact that 
that M57, everyone was out there. Kendrick was even out there. Yep. That might have been my all-time favorite. But regardless of the criticism, I thought I thought Rihanna killed it. I mean, the fact I thought it was impressive. Like you can be up there and sing like that, pregnant. I mean, like, I was gonna like, say she's pregnant. Dude. Yeah, and the memes after. Oh my god, that made it, that made it all worth it itself. Yeah. <laughs> like, even seeing like all in the lights came on, and I was yeah. sitting there, I'm like, is Kanye kind of pop out? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I was thinking the same thing, Tom, for real, <laughs> for real. Um, all right, bringing it back, reeling it back in now. All right, to the tight end rankings. There's two people not on the list. I just want to give respect to uh, Hayden Hurst. He was available this year, and he was a pretty good option for Joe Burrow. Didn't put him in there. And then the next was someone that came alive in the back half of the season. You saw him in the end zone a couple of times. Brock Wright. Okay, for Detroit. Okay, he jumped in, and you know when Hawkinson leaves, you're like, why did they get rid of him? They yeah. still end up with an over 500 record. Yeah, Brock White Wright was serviceable. Yeah, no, you absolutely. See a plays. He broke like a 75 yarder. I was like, who is this guy? I bet you half the people listening to this don't even know this. No guy. idea. <laughs> no idea. Hey, next year, well, August when when that yep. comes around for fantasy season, and Twan's trying to tell you guys about Brock Wright. Now you guys know that in in February he was telling you yep. about Brock Wright. I'm gonna be stingy about it. <laughs> You're going to hear it from me. <laughs> so at number 10, he had a couple of injuries this year. When he was in, he was productive. He was one of the uh, more serviceable options for Justin Herbert, and that's Gerald Everett. Wow, I love that. Um, he was pretty good this year. Again, the only reason I think he's not higher is, you know, the injury, the availability. You look at this list, and there's a lot of people that weren't necessarily available at the tight end position. And someone that, you know, everyone was talking about at the beginning of the year, drafted high, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Not even close to my rankings. No, not even Didn't close they- on mine either. I'm happy that you mentioned Gerald Everett, because in the beginning of the year, the first three, four weeks in the season, I mean, he was putting up like eight plus, and obviously mm-hmm. there were a lot of tight ends that were available early on in the season so it made it less recognizable but I honestly thought like if he stayed healthy like he was going to be a guy you know on Mm -hmm. this list it was it was really tough working that back end and he was more available than a guy like Goddard or a guy like Schultz just think the impact was a little bit different correct and that's why it brings me to Goddard at nine it's like if he played more games to me he's three but he didn't play enough but when he's in there he makes such a big impact and you got you know, two guys who are wide receiver ones on the outside here. Absolutely. Even though Devonta Smith is wide receiver two for that team, you, know, you put him on a lot of other teams, he is the best option. He's that guy, yeah. And then you got someone that needs to be in the middle and do different things other than the running back position. Goddard's your guy, and he proved it when he's in there this year. For sure. Number eight, we're right there. Njoku. Okay. Right there. Eight, I have Njoku. 58 for 628 and four touchdowns this year. And with a quarterback change in the middle of the year, things kind of changing around. It was good to see him still produce. Expect more from him in the future, but his pretty serviceable year. It's good to see him trending upwards. I would honestly say, too, like I was a little impressed with, with Amari Cooper. This is a name that's going to be, you know, debatable on the list. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he was right on, on that cusp. I mean, he could still even potentially make it, you guys. Like like Tuan said, you're going to have to stay tuned mm-hmm. to find out. But mm-hmm. with the whole offseason with Deshaun Watson, I mean, we can't neglect the talent that, that he provides, you know, to that quarterback position, you know, as an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. Yep. And don't get me wrong, Jacoby Brissett was, was impressive for the role yeah. that he was tossed into. But honestly, think Njoku, it, it, you know, Cooper can, if they add, like, they don't even need to have, like, a, a crazy third guy but if they just have like a burner i feel mm-hmm. like that would that would complement them perfectly because people jones isn't bad either no he's not like, he's he not provided a big dude he can go up and he'll go get the ball too yeah. like they burner's perfect right? absolutely That's the best way to put it they need someone to just fly down the field take the top off a little bit yeah yep. 
Number seven, I also got a guy in the same spot. Pat Fry, Massachusetts okay. native. Yeah. <laughs> Pat Fryermuth, 63 catches, 732 yards, only two touchdowns, but in a Matt Canada led offense, it's pretty good. Absolutely. Um, Matt Canada stinks, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like like I was mentioning, I mean, this was probably the, the only bright spot on that Pittsburgh State was offense. It, I would I would 100% agree. I drafted Najee at three, man. I yeah, know. Yeah. Man, I know. Like, <laughs> And number six, because we can't avoid it, Uncle Tony, this is where Mark Andrews is, just for you. Oh, shit, outside the top five. (laughs) Outside top five, man. Of course he shouldn't be here, but, you know, I'm keeping on, I'm staying consistent. (laughs) Number six in the Ravens. (laughs) I love that. No, he had a really, really good year. 73 catches, 847 yards, and five touchdowns. When we look at him at the beginning of the year, though, we are expecting, and again, there's a little bit of injury here, and, you know, not having Lamar for half the year almost hinders that, but... What is going I, on with the Ravens, man? Like, how, know, how do you not know if you want to keep know. Lamar Jackson? I don't or not? know. I don't know. I think it's all a game. Just a he's trying to get other teams to raise price, so that way the Ravens raise price. That's kind yeah. of what I see going on. But yeah, again, I've been wrong before. And I'm <laughs> really scared he's going to Miami. So wow, there's that. It's wow, a scary one. Damn. Twan, Twan's doing some predictions too yeah, on the position yeah, of Ravens. Yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. That would terrify me. So, um, so Tuan, I got, I got to fill you in. I, I'm not sure if you got the message, but the night before the Super Bowl, me and Ben went to Encore. We went to the sports book, and okay. I, I hit on Jalen Hurts' first touchdown. I put another bet in for the nice. Chiefs, so, so that was obviously good. Nice, nice to make some income on the Super Bowl. But I must have been nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I got to say, I put in a bet for next year, and with all the controversy going on with the Ravens. In their consistent appearance in the AFC Championship, I took the Bengals to win the 2024 Super Bowl. The odds were great. It was plus 900 odds. I, I didn't toss 100 bills on it, but I put a pretty penny to win a couple hundred bucks. And look, I'm not sitting here predicting that the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl, but I really like the chances for a bet that was placed in February. You know what I'm saying? Especially if Lamar walks out of that division. I'm not expecting the Browns or the Steelers to come close to 10 wins if that's the case. Now, in the prior episode, I did make a crazy prediction that the Browns are going to win the division. Again, that's just being crazy. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> the Bengals are the no, like it's Bengals and Chiefs for me. There are two. If they're, you're asking me right now which two teams would I say have a chance of winning the Super Bowl, it's either Bengals or Chiefs. Ben- I don't think the Eagles have the same year. Yeah. No, you're right. Cowboys are the Cowboys. Yep. Niners, if they can figure out quarterback again, Brock Purdy's great, he's serviceable, but to win a Super Bowl, you know, if he goes down, you got what happens? Plan. Yeah, what yeah. happens? Like you can't have that happen again. So it's just really interesting. I love that Bengals bet. Bengals over Bills next year? Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for <laughs> Damn, sure. Kev. Sorry, Kev, but like, like I mean, I've been saying it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, they can without Brian Dable, coach of the year, who we talked about earlier this year too. Yep, you're right. I mean, Josh Allen looks like he's has no idea what's going on out there. And I there know. are games where he looks like he's a world beater, but there are also games where you're like, is this Mitch Trubisky? Yeah. Like, yeah. who is this? I know. No, you're right. You go crazy. You're right. And, and, you know, very similar to, you know, what happened with the Bills and, and you know, just, just a lot of teams that after they have a successful year, I mean, the Eagles are losing half their coaching staff. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's something that obviously, you know, can be replaced, but at the same time, positive coaching to the way that it was done this year for the Philly Eagles offensively, defensively. I mean, it, it's just like so tough throughout an offseason. I mean, yeah, you always have a turnaround of players, 
But coaches, it's different. I'm so happy mm-hmm. the Giants were able to retain Wink Martindale in, in Kafka, you know, for, for our offensive and defensive coordinators. We lost our, our running back coach, but you know what? Like, a positional coach compared to a coordinator, I feel like that that's a much different impact. 100%. So I'm excited to see, you know, how the Giants can build on next year. Guys, make sure you guys go to sincethesandbox.net. Check out our shop. We got very limited apparel left. Make sure you guys get yours before it all gets sold out. <laughs> Coming back in with the top five for the tight ends. I can't believe I have to say this guy's name and he's no longer on the Giants. But Evan Ingram. It, 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 now it's blasphemy because he he's saying, oh, I love New York. I'd want to come back. Buddy, what is this? You have to play 16 games in New York for you to for you to want to be back. You know, you you understand what I'm saying? But all all kidding around, all jokes aside, you know, Evan Ingram had a great year. 73 catches, 766 yards, and outside of Christian Kirk, I mean, Zay Jones had a great year, but Evan Ingram, I feel like he really was, you know, the most impressive coming out of that offense. And just to see, you know, what it's like to have a healthy Evan Ingram and the impact that he can provide for an offense. I mean. That shouldn't have gone, you know, unnoticed for for Evan Ingram there. But 98 targets, four touchdowns, 33 first downs, and 465 yards after the catch. Pretty impressive there for Evan Ingram. But definitely with his skill set, want to see him sniffing a little bit closer to that 1,000 yards as long as he could stay healthy. Mm-hmm. At four, call me crazy, Tuan, but I do think, you know, in the sample size that we got when he was healthy, you know, had him with that that top echelon recognition, especially when Kittle was hurt early in the year, and T.J. Hawkinson, you know, before he got traded, you know, was really still slow at, at a slower pace as far as you know, successfully providing on an offense. But this is where I have Mark Andrews. You talk about his receptions and yards already, but 113 targets, you know, from the tight end positions, absolutely tremendous. And you're talking about a guy, what he missed five games, yeah. like that's what I'm saying. So he has 120 targets, you know, at that point in time, absolutely crazy, and you know, 40. First downs, I mean that that's absolutely tremendous. You know, you want to talk about impact. I mean, there's running backs that that we're gonna talk about that, you know, have have over 30 first downs. And when you can have a tight end that that's averaging, you know, a, a crazy amount of first downs like Mark Andrews is consistently. I mean, obviously, like this this guy's the number one option. When, the only when, option yeah, right? exactly. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, Bateman he he looked okay, but we just didn't see enough. And that's been the trend for the Ravens offense yeah. for the past couple of years. And he's he's not a wide receiver one. Yeah, right? he's not. Like he's like maybe give him another like he's not Garrett Wilson where you draft him no. and he's immediately wide receiver one. Like, You're right. He's not. You got maybe you got to give him more time or something like that. Or is a different play scheme or something. But he's just not. It's Andrews. Andrews is far and away the best option that team has. No, absolutely. And. You know, if they can if they can add, you know, a, a possession receiver on the outside, Bateman can, you know, run run up the middle, you know, run up the slot mm-hmm. and you know, have like one of those un- underneath guys. I feel like the, that's the type of offense that the Ravens need. I know they don't really stretch the field like that, but We've seen it, you know, in the past, obviously with different quarterbacks. You know, Joe Flacco, I mean, turned J- Jacoby Jones into a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, like, come on now. I, Uncle Tony, I know you'll like that. <laughs> but Mark Andrews here at four. At three, this is a little crazy. If you asked me in the beginning of the year, I never would have thought that I would have gave this guy this recognition. But this is where I have TJ Hawkinson. I think, you know, that move, you know, at, at first looked a little slow and, you know, it was very questionable on both sides, you know, for, for the Lions, you know, as a team looking to consistently build and, and be competitive in that division. I mean, you don't want to give 
away, you know, a, a top receiving option. Never mind to a division rival, you know. But I get it, you know, you, you don't really want to pay the guy like that. You have to prioritize certain positions. But, you know, I feel like the Vikings kind of gave up, like, a decent amount, too. So, like, it, it definitely yeah. made it, you know, desirable. But 86 receptions here, 914 yards, so just under a 1,000. I mean, we're talking about this guy had some crazy games over 150 yards. And one of those happened to be against the Giants. Yeah, but but it's all good. We we took care of them in in, in the playoffs. So take care, you you, you Viking scrubs for the year. Skull this. Uh, hundred and twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, legit, <laughs> legit. hundred and twenty nine targets, six touchdowns, forty four first downs, four hundred and thirteen yards after the catch. T.J. Hawkinson absolutely deserves some recognition for the year that he had at two. My fantasy tight end for the year after week eight would arguably consider him as the best playmaker in the NFL since Brock Purdy, you know, rarely came in. But Mm -hmm. this is where I have George Kittle. And when you get to consider his impact was only on 60 receptions. I mean, this dude had had a great one of every six of his catches this year, one every five and a half of his catches this year were a touchdown. Absolutely crazy. 760 receiving yards, 86 targets, 11 touchdowns, one shy of Travis Kelsey, 36 first downs, and 382 yards after the catch. This dude is still one of the most explosive, best blocking tight ends in the NFL. And yeah, I mean, we heard it from the specialists and the playmakers all across San Francisco. Give them a quarterback. That Eagles game might be different. Who knows? And at one... Travis Kelsey, I mean, I, I would assume that you guys would, would expect this to be the positioning, but this guy had 30 more receptions than any other tight end on the list with 110, almost 1,400 yards. I mean, we expected the production with Tyreek Hill gone, but I mean, like this, I don't know, especially at his age. I mean, we're talking about someone that's between 31 and 33 years old. You want to talk about a decline, this dude's still getting better. So, 152 targets, absolute crazy number, 12 touchdowns, 78 first downs. Out of 110 targets, you're talking about 30 passes just not being caught for first down. So, absolutely tremendous. And 648 yards after the catch, Travis Kelsey, why'd you have to do him like that? Why? <laughs> no one's on his level. Yeah. No one's on his level. Kicking it off at five. Again, this person's not number five. Mark Andrews should be number five, but <laughs> you know why I'm putting him at five. Dalton Schultz, he missed a bunch of games this year. Understand that. But when he's on the field, his impact is immeasurable. You look and, and now, and I go ahead, I'm bringing in postseason here. He burnt the box. He, he owned did. the box. He had two touchdowns on him and from Dak throwing and Dak, we know how the end of the year looked. There was... A lot of bad throws in there, but you know Dalton Schultz was an option that he relied on, and he felt seemed to be most comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got Dalton Schultz at five, and again, he should probably be at six instead of Andrew. But <laughs> it's all you good. Know, we're, we're, you know the deal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Tony. I love you, Tony. Man, come on. Um, number four, it's your boy Evan Ingram. Okay, what a year. Yeah, I'd say what a year. And again, the beginning half was getting a little slow, but gets to the back half of the year as the Jags turned it on, he went right with it, man. And he's a reason why he just started lighting up the field. There were games where he's getting you know 130 yards and two touchdowns. You're like, yeah, where the hell what, was that on the on Giants? the Giants? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially with the receiving options that we had this year. I mean, if if we knew this, I would I would even slap this dude with the tag. I mean, him and Isaiah Hodgins would have been a good pairing. You know, like mm-hmm. Darius Slayton, obviously, you know, was producing, and this was a guy that the Giants have been trying to move for years, but. 
Honestly, like I feel like Daniel Bellinger is not a bad option at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. You know, coming out of San Diego State, had some Long, had some good. recognition from from Travis Kelsey. You know, talking about some of the the more you know promising tight ends of the future. But you know, if we if we can lock up Darius Slayton, you know, we already re-signed Isaiah Hodgins, draft a wide receiver in the second or third round, and Wondell Robinson coming back. I'm cool with all that. I want to draft another running back. So so Saquon Barkley, you know can realistically still be involved, still have an impact, but doesn't need to have 80 catches in 200 rushing rushing, rushing attempts to, to really produce this year. You right, know? right, 100%. you got to give him a little bit of space or he's just, I mean, with the injuries he's had, you just don't want to see it. Number three, though, kicking it in. I mean, I'm right here with you. Three, two, one. It's Hawkinson. Got traded. Still produces with another team. Two, Kittle. 11 touchdowns yeah and playing left tackle half the time <laughs> he's probably he's he's the best blocking tight end of the league there's there's no hands down or about yeah it. he just there's nobody better at the position than him um and then one it's unanimously kelsey like there's there's nobody on his level since gronk being out of the league there's nobody that's been on his level i mean and, and that's me being a patriots fan yeah. so <laughs> on my honest opinion gronk blocks a little bit better a little bit better a lot better but Got to be available, though. Got to be available. That's the thing. He's got to be available, and Kelsey is always there, even with a back injury. He's like – He's playing. In the Even though ball. those pitches, they were a little, they were a little questionable. You know what I mean? Like he, he was legit tossing it over five yards, just, to, just avoiding to get hit. And I, I get it. You know what I mean? You don't want to get a random spasm, but come on, man! Like that, that's a perfect come on, man know, segment man. right there. But I know, man. It, it would, <laughs> it would that. be real, right? We That'd should. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, have, <laughs> we're gonna have to make a new segment. But it would be really interesting. You know, next we're, we're going into to the wide receivers, but. Where Travis Kelsey would stand on that wide receiver list? That's a list. good question. I know man. We, we we might have to just just pause pause the middle of the wide receiver episode to just see where we'd have to fit in. But Oof. the the impact, the receiving yards, the touchdowns, the playmaking ability. I mean, you could still say he's top five for wide receivers. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I want to say five. <laughs> yeah. like, I want to say five. <laughs> legit, legit. But you guys are gonna have to let us know where Travis Kelsey would stand at. at all receiving aspects in the NFL, but Twan, anything that would that we need to shed some light on for the tight end position before we head over to the wide receivers? Nah, man. I mean, I, I, one of the things that I did also want to mention, you touched on, is like I, I do think there's potential for Daniel Bellinger to, to have a pretty good season, and I'd love that um, with Dable. Again, I think the Giants they need one more piece. I get, you got some some up and coming wide receivers, and you can lock up Slayton, but uh, trade for D Hop. Listen, I would love to. I think where it gets tricky is this dude wants thirty million dollars. We're gonna we have to right. pay Daniel Jones thirty five million, and Saquon wants fifteen plus. So, in a team that has forty million in cap space, fifty already getting given away to to Daniel Jones and Saquon. Trust me, I want to make those moves, but you're also talking about a team that has to extend Andrew Thomas. Right, yep. Dexter Lawrence is someone that needs to be extended. Xavier McKinney's going to be on the last year of his contract, mm-hmm. and we also have you know eleven draft picks this year, and that's without bringing in any new free agency acquisitions. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm cool with being a homegrown organization, neglecting free agency and just focusing on the draft because that's what the best organization is too. The Packers, the Ravens. I mean, you're, you're talking about some of the best talent development, you know, in the entire NFL. And if we're going to be a part of that, that's perfectly fine. Taking care of our own, perfectly fine. But 
it does suck that there has to be, you know, some losses along that road. Yeah. So always have to have to consider that. But don't worry, guys. We got you covered with free agency after the positional rankings in my top 25. Twan's going to give us his top 20 coming Sprinkle real soon. So that's right. That's right. So you guys know the deal. Show some love. Go check out the newest content. So many guests, special guests, special episodes coming to you guys. Peace, love, and five stars. Always. You guys know the deal.